Welcome to our Sunday BMI online fellowship. Thank you for joining us today. And shall we begin with the word of prayer? Our gracious Heavenly Father, we again are truly grateful that you have given us another opportunity, another Sabbath, where we can focus our attention upon your word and upon our relationship with you. And we thank you that you have set apart this day specifically for that purpose. And we pray that we would truly allow our focus to be on things above, that we would put aside the things that we normally are concerned with and focus exclusively upon your word. And we thank you that indeed your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. So we ask for your blessing upon each a segment of our day, the uh, hymns, the Bible study, the questions and answers, and the Bible reading later this evening. And so we ask these things uh, with grateful hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Our first hymn for the day is going to be Jehovah's Perfect Law.
Next hymn is going to be Like a River Glorious.
Our next selection is going to be Lord, Our Lord, Thy Glorious Name. Welcome to Searching the Scriptures. 
Our Bible teacher will be Gunther von Haringa Sr. In Acts 17.11 we read, These were more noble than those in Thessalonica, in that they received the word with all readiness of mind and searched the scriptures daily, whether those things were so. So without further ado, let's look into God's word, the Bible. This is going to be 2 Peter 2, part 30, and today's date is June 3rd, 2018. Uh, let's ask for God's blessing upon our time. Father, again, we thank you that we have this uh, wonderful opportunity, this wonderful privilege of being able to be exposed to your word. And Father, we thank you that indeed uh, your word is all that we need. And uh, we pray that we would sit humbly at your feet and learn of you, even as uh, Mary did that uh, when you were in her house. And we pray that we might do the same. Uh, we pray, Father, that uh, whatever might be said might be faithful to your word, that you would correct anything that is not. And so we ask for your blessing upon this time. Could it be that we might see wonderful things out of your law? In Jesus' name, amen. I'll go ahead and read Second uh, Peter 2, 9 through 17. The Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptations and to reserve the unjust unto the day of judgment to be punished. But chiefly them that walk after the flesh in the lust of uncleanness and despise government. Presumptuous are they, self-willed, they are not afraid to speak evil of dignities. Whereas angels, which are greater in power and might, bring not railing accusation against them before the Lord. But these as natural brute beasts made to be taken and destroyed, speak evil of the things that they understand not, and they shall utterly perish in their own corruption and shall receive the reward of unrighteousness, as they that count it pleasure to riot in the daytime. Spots they are in blemishes, sporting themselves with their own deceivings while they feast with you, having eyes full of adultery and that cannot cease from sin, beguiling unstable souls and heart they have exercised with covetous practices, cursed children, which have forsaken the right way and are gone astray, following the way of Balaam, the son of Bosor, who loved the wages of unrighteousness, but was rebuked for his iniquity. The dumbass speaking with man's voice forbade the madness of the prophet. These are wells without water, clouds that are carried with a tempest, to whom the mist of darkness is reserved forever. And again, I'd like to just remind you uh, of our theme uh, in Second Peter 2, which has to do with false prophets. Uh, our purpose uh, for looking at this chapter, chapter 2, is to examine 40 truths concerning false prophets that are listed in this chapter. And again, uh, our objective uh, is to be aware 
of what these false prophets, the attributes of these false prophets, what they are actually teaching. And we have been spending the last seven studies on Numbers 22, and we've arrived at verse 35, which records the final, God's final instructions to Balaam. And as I mentioned at the close of our study last week, uh, we want to work through this verse today, and then I hope to summarize the spiritual meaning of Balaam and his donkey, which hopefully will help us to get a better grasp of why God has inserted that in 2 Peter 2, 15 through 16. Uh, this is going to be uh, verse 35 of Numbers 22. And the angel of Jehovah said unto Balaam, Go with the men, but only the word that I shall speak unto thee, that thou shalt speak. So Balaam went with the princes of Balak. Balak. So we want to look at these two words, uh, go and with the men. Go is Yalak, uh, 32.12. Uh, with the men is Enosh, uh, Strong's number 582. Uh, because we've already looked at the previous terms, the angel of Jehovah and Balaam. And so let's uh, see some of these passages in which God employs these two words, go and with the men together. <clears throat> Pardon me. We also found them in Numbers 2220. Uh, there, they're translated as, if the men, and go. And God came unto Balaam at night, and said unto him, If the men come to call thee, rise up, and go with them. But yet the word which I shall say unto thee, that shalt thou do. And uh, if we go to the next uh, uh, reference is Deuteronomy 13, 12 through 15. We find uh, these two words in verse 13, and they're rendered there as certain men, and let us go. If thou shalt hear, say, in one of thy cities, which Jehovah thy God hath given thee to dwell there, saying, certain men, the children of Belial, are gone out from among you, and have withdrawn the inhabitants of their city, saying, Let us go and serve other gods which ye have not known. Then shalt thou inquire, and make search, and ask diligently. And behold, if it be truth, and the thing certain, that such abomination is wrought among you, thou shalt surely smite the inhabitants of that city, with the edge of the sword, destroying it utterly, and all that is therein, and the cattle thereof, with the edge of the sword. Uh, also in Joshua 18, 8 through 9, we read, uh, And the men arose and went away. Those are our two words. And Joshua charged them that went to describe the land, saying, Go, and walk through the land and describe it, and come again to me, that I may here cast lots for you before Jehovah in Shiloh. And the men went and passed through the land and described it by cities into seven parts in a book. 
and came again to Joshua to the host at Shiloh. Uh, also in 1 Samuel 8.22, uh, we find this statement, And Jehovah said unto Samuel, Hearken unto their voice, and make them a king. And Samuel said unto the men of Israel, Go, ye every man unto his city. Uh, these two words also appear in verses 21 to 22 of 1 Samuel 30, 21 to 25. And David came to the 200 men, which were so faint that they could not follow David, whom they had made also to abide at the brook Besor. And they went forth to meet David and to meet the people that were with him. And when David came near to the people, he saluted them. Then answered all the wicked men and men of Belial of those that went with David and said, Because they went not with us, we will not give them aught of the spoil that we have recovered, save to every man his wife and his children, that they may lead them away and depart. Then said David, You shall not do so, my brethren, with that which Jehovah hath given us, who hath preserved us and delivered the company that came against us into our hand. For who will hearken unto you in this matter? But as his part is that goeth down to the battle, so shall his part be that tarrieth by the stuff. They shall part alike. And it was so from that day forward that he made it a statute and an ordinance for Israel unto this day. Uh, lastly, we can go to 2 Samuel 5, 6, where we find this recorded. And the king and his men went to Jerusalem unto the Jebusites, the inhabitants of the land which spake unto David, saying, Except thou take away the blind and the lame, thou shalt not come in hither, thinking David cannot come in hither. Jebus was the previous name of Jerusalem before it was Jerusalem. And so the inhabitants are called Jebusites. And David did indeed uh, take the stronghold, and that became uh, Jerusalem. Um, now, the next uh, two words are in verse 35, but only the word. Um, and the angel of Jehovah said unto Balaam, Go with the men, but only the word that I shall speak unto thee, that thou shalt speak. So Balaam went with the princes of Balak. Now, uh, but only is Ephek uh, 657, and the word is Debar 1697. And um, let's, uh, this is, uh, these two words are only found one other time, and in verse 14 of 2 Samuel 12, 13 through 15. And this is where David is confronting, I'm sorry, Nathan is confronting David regarding his sin with Bathsheba. And so we read, And David said unto Nathan, I have sinned against Jehovah. 
And Nathan said unto David, Jehovah also hath put away thy sin, thou shalt not die. And then these two words are translated, Howbeit, which is Ethic 657, and because by this deed, which is Debar 1697, Howbeit, because by this deed thou hast given great occasion to the enemies of Jehovah to blaspheme, the child also that is born unto thee shall surely die. And Nathan departed unto his house, and Jehovah struck the child that Uriah's wife bare unto David, and it was very sick. And we know that eventually uh, that child died. Um, the next two words are actually the same. Uh, it's a very long phrase in English, that I shall speak unto thee, that shalt thou speak. This is actually Debar 1696, uh, duplicated. Uh, and 1696 is uh, the identically spelled root word for Debar 1697, which is commonly rendered as the word. And uh, 1696 uh, relates to speaking, uh, predominantly speaking uh, the word. And of course, we know that the Lord Jesus Christ himself is the divine word. Uh, as we read, for example, in Lazarus uh, 1, uh, 1 through 5, where it's reiter reiterated three times in verse 1. And here, the word in Greek is logos, uh, 3056. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. Uh, we also, um, you know, when we think about the idea of, uh, of, of Christ being the Word and the fact that all languages and our very mouths, our, our tongue, our palate, all is a creation of God, and God did this, you know, for a very specific reason, and it's, it's a way to communicate, and this is one of the things that sets apart mankind from all the other creatures, is that man can communicate, and especially with God, if we go back to the Garden of Eden, uh, this was the whole idea of the fellowship that God had with man. It was so that uh, God could communicate to man. Again, this is before the fall. And um, a man, Adam and Eve, could communicate uh, with God. And, and this, of course, was all done without any sin. And it was in a completely pristine environment, a completely holy environment that God had created. Now, we know that um, in time, uh, uh, or after, after sin uh, came into the picture, 
Uh, we know if, if we go to uh, Genesis 10:25, we read about what happened in the days of Peleg. And unto Eber were born two sons. The name of one was Peleg, for in his day was the earth divided. And his brother's name was Joktan. Uh, God started that process because he knew what he was going to do, and that is eventually uh, confound the languages, which is what we read next. Uh, and we read that in Genesis 11, uh, 6 through 9. Even though uh, there was only one initial language to begin with, God confounded the languages. He created all of these other languages, uh, and they then, we read, uh, and Jehovah said, Behold, the people is one, and they have all one language. And this they begin to do, which is the Tower of Babel. And now nothing will be restrained from them, which they have imagined to do. Go to, let us go down, and, con and there confound their language, that they may not understand one another's speech. So Jehovah scattered them abroad from thence upon the face of all the earth, and they left off to build the city. As you recall, they were trying to build a tower to reach into heaven, which spiritually is man's futile attempts to try to reach God, to try to achieve salvation on their own. Therefore is the name of it called Babel, because Jehovah did there confound the language of all the earth. And from thence did Jehovah scatter them abroad upon the face of all the earth. Now, as I said before, this characteristic of man, the ability to speak and to communicate with one another, is also the attribute or an attribute of the persons of the Godhead who communicate with each other flawlessly, with perfect understanding, perfect comprehension, perfect uh, purpose. Uh, as we read in 1 John 5, 7 through 8, for there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. And these three are one. And there are three that bear witness in earth, the Spirit, and the water, and the blood. And these three agree in one. So in turn, God has given mankind this wonderful gift, which ori originally was designed for man to have fellowship uh, with God and, of course, uh, with each other. Since man was created in the image of God, yet we understand that that glorious image was shattered by man. It was man's sin, man's fault in the Garden of, e uh, of Eden. But wonderfully, uh, there is or there was a silver lining in all of this, and that was during the 13,000 and 23 years of the day of salvation, each of the elect were recreated in the image of God because of the redemption that Christ had secured for them prior to creation, as we read in 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature or creation. All things are passed away 
Behold, all things are become new. Now, one thing uh, I want to mention uh, in our verse, we, we have uh, uh, Numbers twenty-two thirty-five. 35, uh, we have the doubling up of this word, Debar, 1696, that I shall speak unto thee, that shalt thou speak. And uh, because it's a fairly common word, it's, it's doubled up in about 83 references, and we'll just look at a few of them uh, now. Uh, we read in Daniel 10, 19, and here it's translated as when he had spoken, uh, referring to God, and then speak, and said, O man, greatly beloved, fear not, peace be unto thee, be strong, yea, be strong. And when he had spoken unto me, I was strengthened, and said, Let my Lord speak, for thou hast strengthened me. Also in Exodus 4.30, uh, it's spake and had spoken. And Aaron spake all the words which Jehovah had spoken unto Moses and did the signs in the sight of the people. Remember Moses at one point uh, asked God, you know, I, I'm not good at speaking and, and you know, and, and, and so he, he was trying to not necessarily shirk the responsibility, but God answered him and said, who made, who made man's mouth, you know? But I know that Aaron can speak well, I'll speak to you, and then you pass it on to Aaron, and Aaron then will speak to the people. Uh, also uh, in Exodus 33:11, we read, and Jehovah spake unto Moses face to face as a man speaketh unto his friend. And he turned again into the camp, but his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man departed not out of the tabernacle. So we see this very intimate relationship that God had exclusively with Moses, who of course is a great type uh, of, of the Lord Jesus Christ as well. Uh, in Numbers 12, 8, uh, again, it's with him will I speak and to speak. Uh, with him will I speak mouth to mouth, even apparently, and not in dark speeches. And the similitude of Jehovah shall he behold. Wherefore then were ye not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? Dark speeches has to do with speaking in parables. And he's making the point here in Numbers because this is when uh, Miriam and Aaron were complaining uh, about Moses. And that's when God uh, made uh, Miriam a, a leper for a week and, and had her cast out of the camp uh, because of, of what they had done. Uh, uh, also, if we go to Jeremiah 36.2, uh, this pinpoints, this whole chapter, in fact, the, the manner in which God wrote the Bible uh, to those that were going to actually pen it down. Take thee a roll of a book, and write therein all the words that I have spoken unto thee against Israel, and against Judah, and against all the nations, from the day I spake unto thee, from the days of Josiah 
even unto this day. Uh, also, if we go to Ezekiel 2.2, uh, 2, uh, here it's translated as, Into me when he spake, and him that spake. And the Spirit entered into me when he spake unto me, and set me upon my feet, that I heard him that spake unto me. Also in Jeremiah 26.2 and 26.8, it's, uh, and speak thee to speak of speaking, and him to speak. Thus saith Jehovah, stand in the court of Jehovah's house, and speak unto all the cities of Judah, which come to worship in Jehovah's house. All the words that I command thee to speak unto them, diminish not a word. Now it came to pass, this is verse 8, when Jeremiah had made an end of speaking all that Jehovah had commanded him to speak unto all the people, that the priests and the prophets and all the people took him, saying, Thou shalt surely die. They didn't like what he was saying because he was talking about judgment. He was talking about the fact that Nebuchadnezzar was going to destroy Jerusalem and that they had to uh, fall to the Babylonians. And if they didn't, they would be destroyed. They would be carried captive into Babylon. Also, in Numbers 7:89, we find there, and when Moses was gone into the tabernacle of the congregation to speak with him, then he heard the voice of one speaking unto him from off the mercy seat that was upon the ark of testimony from between the two cherubims, and he spake unto him. Again, this is the, the Holy of Holies, where only the high priest could go in once a year, once, once that was established, uh, to atone for the sins of the people. Uh, the next three passages uh, contain both of these words, and they all relate to Balaam. Uh, Numbers 22, 38 uh, states, And Balaam said unto Balak, Lo, I am come unto thee. Have I now any power at all to say anything? The word that God putteth in my mouth, that shall I speak. So to say, and that shall I speak, again is Debar 1696. In similar fashion, uh, we read in Numbers 2326, uh, where uh, Balaam replies to Balak, but Balaam answered and said unto Balak, Told not I thee, saying, All that Jehovah speaketh, that I must do. Again, it's told and speaketh. Uh, this is also the case in Numbers 24, 13. It saith, and that will I speak. If Balak would give me his house full of silver and gold, I cannot go beyond the commandment of Jehovah to do either good or bad of mine own mind. But what Jehovah saith, that will I speak. Uh, also in Deuteronomy 18, uh, 20 to 22, we find this uh, admonition. Um, but the prophet which shall presume to speak 
a word in my name which I have not commanded him to speak, or that shall speak in the name of other gods, even that prophet shall die. When a prophet speaketh in the name of Jehovah, if the thing follow not, nor come to pass, that is the thing which Jehovah hath not spoken. But the prophet hath spoken it presumptuously. Thou shalt not be afraid of him. Also in Second Chronicles 8, 12 through 13, we read this account of the very faithful declaration of the prophet Micaiah. And the messenger that went to call Micaiah spake, that's our word to him, saying, Behold, the words of the prophets declare good to the king with one assent. Let thy word, therefore, I pray thee, be like one of theirs, and speak thou good. And Micaiah said, As Jehovah liveth, even what my God saith, that will I speak. Uh, although this term is only used once, not twice, in Job 33:14, the wording here is, uh, is really interesting. Um, For God speaketh, that's Debar, once, yea, twice, yet man perceiveth it not. Uh, lastly, we'll go to 2 Corinthians 6, 10, and 15. Uh, here in verse 10, it's that he hath spoken and promised. And in verse 15, that which thou hast promised him and spakest. Jehovah therefore hath performed his word that he hath spoken. For I am risen up in the, in the room of David my father, this is Solomon, and am set on the throne of Israel as Jehovah promised, and have built the house for the name of Jehovah God of Israel. Thou which hast kept with thy servant David my father that which thou hast promised him, and spakest with thy mouth, and hast fulfilled it with thine hand as it is this day. As we note how God utilizes this term, these terms, two terms, it's the same word, in the foregoing passages, one is reminded of the exceedingly crucial uh, principle found in Jeremiah 23, 28, in which God links both uh, Debar 1696 and 1697 together. The, uh, and he that hath my word is Debar 1697. Let him speak is Debar 1696. The prophet that hath a dream, let him tell a dream. And he that hath my word, let him speak my word faithfully. What is the chaff to the wheat, saith Jehovah? The uh, last two terms that we find in Numbers uh, 2235 uh, with regard to Balaam are the uh, terms went and with the princes. Went is Yalak 3212, and with the princes is Sar. 82:69, and they also come into view in both Numbers 22, 13, and 21, which we have uh, looked at before. 
And Balaam rose up in the morning and said unto the princes of Balak, Get you into your own, into your land, for Jehovah refuseth to give me leave to go with you. Then in verse 21, And Balaam rose up in the morning and saddled his ass and went with the princes of Moab. These uh, next citations uh, uh, have in view God's uh, judgment uh, typified uh, by Judah and Jerusalem, God's judgment on his own house. As we read in 1 Peter 4.17, the judgment must first begin at the house of God. Uh, we uh, looked at Jeremiah 36 briefly earlier, uh, and these uh, two expressions uh, went and with the princes also surface in verses uh, 14 and 19 of Jeremiah 36. Therefore all the princes said, sent Jehudi, the son of Nethaniah, the son of Shelemiah, the son of Cushi, unto Baruch, saying, Take in thine hand the roll, wherein thou hast read in the ears of the people, and come. So Baruch, the son of Neriah, took the roll in his hand and came unto them. Then said the princes unto Baruch, Go, hide thee, thou and Jeremiah, and let no man know where ye be. Also in uh, Jeremiah 49.3, these terms are translated as shall go and his princes. Howl, O Heshbon, for Ai is spoiled. Cry, ye daughters of Rabbah, gird you with sackcloth, lament, and run to and fro by the hedges, for their king shall go into captivity, and his priests, and his princes together. Also in Jeremiah 51:59, the word which Jeremiah the prophet commanded Sariah, the son of Neriah, the son of Maasiah, when he went with Zedekiah the king of Judah into Babylon in the fourth year of his reign, and this Sariah was a quiet prince. Uh, lastly, uh, Lamentations 1.6, And from the daughter of Zion, all her beauty is departed. Her princes are become like hearts or deer that find no pasture, and they are gone without strength before the pursuer. Again, speaking about God's judgment on his own house, uh, typified by uh, Judah and Jerusalem. Now what I'd like to do, Lord willing, is to try to tie all of this together as far as what we've learned over the past seven studies spiritually about Balaam and his donkey. Uh, one thing to keep in mind are the two New Testament passages besides Second Peter 2, 15 through 16, which are exceptionally noteworthy. One is Jude 11, and the other is Revelation 2, 14, respectively. A woe unto them, for they are gone in the way of Cain, and ran greedily after the error of Balaam for reward, and perished in the gainsaying of Korah. Uh, then Revelation 2, 14, 
but I have a few things against thee, because thou hast there them that hold the doctrine of Balaam, who taught Balak to cast a stumbling block before the children of Israel to eat things sacrificed unto idols and to commit fornication. We read about that in Numbers 25, I believe, where that's exactly what took place right after these three chapters, Numbers 22, 23, 24, where we have all of this beautiful language that God put in Balaam's mouth where he is blessing Israel, uh, picturing the elect. And then immediately in, in chapter 25, we, we find, um, maybe we should turn there. Um, let's see. I don't want to misquote it. Yeah, um, yeah, 25 uh, verses uh, 1 to 3. And Israel abode in Shittim, and the people began to commit whoredom with the daughters of Moab. And they called the people unto the sacrifices of their gods. And the people did eat and bowed down to their gods. And Israel joined himself unto Baal Peor, and the anger of Jehovah was kindled against Israel. And then we read about the, uh, the 24,000 that died uh, as, as a result. Um, all right, now, uh, the other thing I'd like to point out is the historical events having to do with Balaam and the donkey would have transpired somewhere between 1407 BC and 1367 BC. Uh, we also read uh, in that same time frame that initial conquest uh, of the land uh, in Joshua 13:22 that Balaam was killed, and even more importantly, that he was a soothsayer, uh, which is Strong's number. Uh, 7080 uh, Kasam. It's uh, a practice uh, that is uh, divination uh, that was associated with the non-elect, the heathen that, that God uh, condemned uh, very much. Uh, the three locations where the angel of Jehovah stood with his drawn sword uh, again has to do with judgment. The first one we found in Numbers uh, 22, 23, standing in the way. Uh, standing is 53, 24, and in the way is 18, 70. And these two terms only appear in Proverbs 8, 2 and Jeremiah 31, 21. And they both have to do with Christ, uh, of course, who is the way. And they relate to the latter rain and to the day of judgment. Uh, the second uh, place where the angel stood uh, is in verse 24, stood in the path of the vineyards. And the vineyard is a portrait of national Israel as we find uh, uh, the commentary in Isaiah 5, that whole chapter. Uh, talks about uh, national Israel. Uh, and then lastly, in verse 26, and stood in a narrow place. Uh, uh, by the way, um, the, 
stood is the same as in the previous one I mentioned. It's Strong's number 5975. The Vineyards is 4934. And uh, in a narrow place is 6862 and 4725. Uh, these uh, three terms and stood in a narrow place are only found together in three other references. Second uh, Kings 6.1, Hosea 5.15, and Isaiah 49.20. Uh, what's very significant about the term in a narrow, uh, again, which is 68.62, is that it's commonly translated as enemy or adversary. Uh, for example, in First uh, Samuel uh, 2.32, we find this there. And also um, in, let me, I don't think I put that down. Let me, let me turn to that. First Samuel 2.32. Yeah, there we read First uh, Samuel 2.32, And thou shalt see an enemy in my habitation in all the wealth which God shall give Israel, and there shall not be an old man in thine house forever. Uh, this was part of the uh, condemnation against Eli, the, the high priest, because of his sons and, uh, and what they did. Um, let's see, also uh, in 2 Thessalonians 2, uh, 3 to 4, we, we find the New Testament counterpart, Second uh, Thessalonians 2, 3 and 4. And of course, the enemy that is infiltrating uh, the house of God is Satan himself uh, during, during the time of the Great Tribulation. Uh, Okay, um, let no man deceive you by any means. Verse 3, for that day shall not come, except there come a falling away first, and the man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition, who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Uh, and that word falling away is the word uh, from which uh, we get our English word apostasy. It's very closely spelled, it's apostasia, with an I-A on the end instead of a Y, and it's Strong's number 646 uh, in the Greek. Uh, the, the same uh, three words in Numbers 22, 28, and Jehovah opened the mouth. This has to do with the donkey. Uh, Jehovah is 3068, opened is 6605, and the mouth is 6310. It only surfaces in connection with Ezekiel as he warns of God's impending judgment 
again on the New Testament house of God, spiritually, uh, Judah and Jerusalem uh, in the historical context. Uh, and we see this in two passages in Ezekiel uh, 24, 27, and then in Ezekiel 33, 22. Ezekiel 24, if you might recall, has to do with the death of Ezekiel's wife, which is uh, a picture of the death of the, the corporate churches. And God tells Ezekiel in that chapter, I don't want you to mourn, I don't want you to cry, I don't want you to carry on, because this is my will. So this was indeed a living tableau because all the people saw you know, how he reacted in obedience to God's word. He didn't cry, he didn't mourn, he didn't carry on in any way. And so they asked him about it. And this is because God is emphasizing the point that it was his divine will that he brought judgment against Judah and Jerusalem, typifying the New Testament churches and denominations. In the same way that when Christ hung on the cross, the divorce that God had to institute so that he could divorce himself from Israel because of their spiritual adultery and fornication went into effect. And so the veil of the temple was rent from top to bottom, okay, exposing the Holy of Holies. So that meant that Jerusalem was no longer the holy city. The Jews were no longer the chosen people. And the temple was no longer holy. Uh, so it's the same idea. Now, in Ezekiel 33, it's, it's a little different because here the command is to be a watchman and to warn of God's approaching judgment. The smiting of the donkey three times also has to do with judgment. The word for smiting is 52.21. And the words these three times... Uh, these three is 79.69, and times is 72.72. And they only appear together one other time, and besides Numbers 22 uh, in verse 28, and then in verses 32 and th 33, the only other time where you have these three and times is in Exodus 23.14 which is a chapter that is describing the three feasts that the Israelites were to commemorate each year. Uh, the, the two expressions said and unto the ass uh, in Numbers 22-29 uh, are only found together in three other passages. Said is Strong's number 559 and unto the ass is Strong's number 860, which is a female donkey. There's a different uh, word for the male donkey, because in the account of Balaam and the donkey, it's always a female donkey that is in view. Uh, the three passages where these two words are found, said and unto the ass, is uh, 1 Samuel 9 and 1 Samuel 10, which refer to Saul's father's asses being lost. 
And we want to keep in mind that Saul is a picture of the New Testament house of God that came under God's wrath. The second account is in 2 Kings 4, 22 and 24 regarding the death of the son of the Shulamite. And then lastly, in Job 114, uh, we have the destruction of the oxen and asses, which God allowed Satan to orchestrate as part of the, of the series of uh, events that, that he allowed uh, to happen to Job. Uh, the terms, because thou hast mocked me, which is what Balaam said uh, to the donkey, and for now would I kill thee. Uh, in Numbers twenty-two twenty-nine, only uh, emerged together in Lamentations 2.20. And again, we recognize the familiar context of judgment beginning at the house of God. Because thou hast mocked me is Alal 59.53, and Harag uh, is for now would I kill thee, 20.26. Then going on to Numbers 22.30, we covered the fact that the words, was I ever want to do so unto this day? Uh, Was I ever want... Uh, is a duplication of 5532. And to do so is Asa 6213. Um, This word day is very important uh, because it marks a major change of direction that the donkey took. Because the donkey is saying, was I ever want to do so unto this day? In other words, I've always obeyed you unto this day. Did I ever you know, go out of the path or, or go into the field? No. And, and he said, nay. Uh, but that's because I believe this is something that she had never done before because there's a major change of direction that is taking place. The ass sees the judgment that is ahead. Balaam doesn't see it, but the ass sees it. And so the ass purposefully goes out of the way in order to avoid that judgment. And I believe that is because what's in view is May 21, 1988. Uh, And the donkey is really uh, typifying the believers within the churches. They saw the judgment coming, and so they turned away from that judgment in obedience to what God had said uh, in Matthew 24, 15 through 16, uh, let's let's look at that. Um, Matthew twenty four fifteen and sixteen. When ye therefore shall see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet, stand in the holy place. Whoso readeth, let him understand. Then let them which be in Judea flee into the mountains. Um, Okay, then uh, the last two terms in verse 30 of Numbers 22. And he said, 
which is again uh, Amar 559 and Nay uh, 3808. Uh, those two terms highlight God's salvation program as well as man's wickedness when we see the way that God uses them together. Uh, also in verse 32, we read, Behold, I went out to withstand thee. Behold, I went out is Yatza 33.18, and to withstand thee is Satan, 78.54. Uh, probably not pronouncing it right, but that's how it's uh, transliterated as. And this uh, uh, expression to withstand thee, God is telling Balaam, I'm withstanding you. You are my, my enemy. Uh, uh, even though God used Balaam for a very specific purpose under divine inspiration to, to utter some of the most beautiful language in the entire Bible, but in spite of that, he remains a prisoner in the kingdom of Satan as all the elect are. The next uh, word in verse, the next two words in verse 32 are because thy way is perverse. Uh, and these two words only appear together in Job 16:11, in which uh, it is translated as, and turned me over. And we know that Job 16 is really pinpointing what the Lord Jesus Christ had to undergo uh, prior to the foundation of the world when he experienced death and annihilation for each of his elect uh, prior to creation. Uh, then we uh, find the gods continuing to um, make the point in verse 33 that if the ass had not turned from me, and it's repeated twice, then he would have uh, he killed Balaam and spared her. Uh, and turned is 5186, and from me or before me is a Panim 6440. Uh, and turned is Natah 5186. Uh, we find these verses elsewhere uh, speaking of judgment, uh, both of these together, but in this context, the donkey is actually purposefully avoiding the judgment. Uh, and then the next uh, two words are, Surely now also I had slain thee, which again is Harag 2026, and saved her alive. Alive is Chaya 2421 in verse 33. So once again, we see God's mercy as it relates to the elect, and we see God's judgment on the non-elect. Uh, then in verse 34, we read uh, this uh, confession by Balaam, I have sinned. And this is the word Shata uh, 2398. But unfortunately, uh, any kind of confession of sin or remorse, uh, we can think about Judas or Esau, they had remorse. They had what the Bible labels as the sorrow of the world, but they did not have true repentance. Just like Balaam did not have true repentance because repentance is a synonym for salvation and someone can only receive 
the gift of salvation during the day of salvation if they were one of God's elect. Uh, and because they did not have salvation, it can only lead to death and annihilation. Uh, then he goes, Balaam goes on to say, for I knew not, for I knew is yada, Strong's number 3045, and not is low, 3808, in, again in verse 34. And um, I made the point, ignorance of the law can never be used as a viable excuse to escape the consequences of breaking God's law, which of course would also apply to the laws of our land, unless the laws of our land go against scripture, and then you don't have to follow them. Uh, that thou stoodest against me, uh, we find in verse 34, uh, that thou stoodest, again, is 5324, and against me is Quira, 7125. And here again, we see God's displeasure with Balaam's actions, uh, in spite of the fact that he makes all of these numerous professions that, you know, he's only going to speak what God tells him to speak, which is true, he did, because God is the one that orchestrated that. Uh, but um, remember, he's a wicked soothsayer, and it, it, this reminds us also of Titus 1.16. Uh, let's turn there. Uh, they profess that they know God, but in works they deny him, being abominable and disobedient and unto every good work reprobate, which is exactly the opposite of the true believer. The true believer, by God's grace, wants to obey because God is working in him to will and to do of his good pleasure. And that is the hallmark of the child of God is they that 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 is what love is it's really obedience to the word of God not for salvation but as a result of salvation and that's something that people misunderstand it's always a result of salvation it's never to try to achieve salvation there's nothing we can do during the day of salvation to have to access salvation because man by nature is spiritually dead. So God has to come to us when we're dead in our trespasses and sins, even as he came to Lazarus and he says, Lazarus, come forth. And immediately he comes out of the tomb, grave clothes and all. Uh, that is what God does. That is why salvation is all of his, 100%. We contribute absolutely nothing to it. Um, all right. Um, the next uh, few words are, Now therefore, if it displease thee, I will get me back again, which Balaam replies to God. Now therefore, if it displease thee, is raw, Strong's number 7489, and a yin, 5869, and then I will get me back again, is shub, Strong's number 7725. Again, this is Numbers 2234. Notice how Saul is so very much like Balaam in his actions, despite 
his professions, particularly in the matter of, this is King Saul, not decimating the Amalekites, uh, for which he forfeited the kingdom to David. Uh, as we read in 1 Samuel 15, uh, 22 to 28. Uh, also, we today looked at go with the men. Go is Yalak 32:12 with the men, uh, Enosh. 582 and verse 35 depicts how God used this soothsayer, this unsaved soothsayer, Balaam, to accomplish his will as he represents, like King Saul, the, the leadership in the house of God that were involved in promoting lies and false gospels, appearing as ministers of righteousness like their father, Satan, who appears as an angel of light, uh, as we read in 2 Corinthians 11, 13 through 15. For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. And no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness, whose end shall be according to their works. Uh, then we looked at the two terms, but only the word, but only is ethic, 657. The word here is debar, 1697, in verse 35, and they uh, crop up together only in 2 Samuel 12, 14. Uh, then uh, we saw the two, uh, the duplication of the, the other word, debar, uh, the, the root word, which is 1696, that I shall speak unto thee, that shalt thou speak, in verse 35. And again, that, uh, uh, in this case, the Balaam is only able to prophesy what God puts in his mouth. Uh, as we saw in Numbers 22, 38, 23, 26, and then in Numbers 24, 13. Uh, the last two words in verse 35 are went with the princes. Uh, went is Yalak 32, 12. With the princes is 82.69. And here again, we note that Balaam is in the company of the Moabite princes. And Moab also represents the house of God where God's judgment began. And spiritually, he identifies with them even though he does not curse Israel as Balak wanted him to do. So from this summary, we can see how God has included this account of Balaam in 2 Peter 2 and the warning for us not to fall into the same trap that all false prophets attempt to lay for those who outwardly profess to identify with the true gospel. Well, Lord willing, in our next study, we'll return to 2 Peter 2.17.
and start up again uh, and try to go through the rest of the chapter. All right, let's uh, close in prayer, and then we'll have our uh, three uh, closing hymns. Father, again, we thank you that we've been able to spend this time uh, looking at this account of Balaam and the donkey, and we pray that you might continue to open our eyes to behold wonderful things out of your law. Uh, we pray for your continued mercy for the rest of this day, uh, Father, as, as we look forward to uh, the questions and answers and also the time of Bible reading later on. Uh, we ask these things uh, in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's see. Our first closing hymn is going to be Lord, the God of my salvation. Next hymn is going to be, O Come, All Ye Faithful.
our last selection is going to be out of the deep I call. Thank you again for joining us today. And if you're able to, we're going to have our questions and answers segment at 5.30 Pacific time. And then uh, later on this evening at uh, 7.30 Pacific time, we're going to have our Bible reading entitled, Think on These Things. And so we pray that the Lord will bless the rest of your day as you fellowship with Him. Thank you for joining us today for Searching the Scriptures. Until next time, to God be the glory.